Secure Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor. This show does not intend to provide personalized investment advice through this broadcast and does not represent that the securities or services discussed are suitable for any investor. Investors are advised not to rely on any information contained in the broadcast in the process of making a full informed investment decision. This is your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMV. Now, here's Joe Anderson and Big Al Clopine. Hey, it's a little bit after the hour. Good morning, everyone. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joey Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I am with Alan Klopine, of course. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in over the next couple of hours. Uh, it's Saturday today. It is Saturday, and I was just thinking, you say it's a little bit after the hour, every single show, 10 years, 50-plus shows a year, 500 times I've heard that. Probably more than that. But you know what? It might not be a little bit past the hour because you could be listening on a podcast. Could be. So it's it could be inaccurate. It's probably very inaccurate. <laughs> so um, I need to say what time it is. Because it could be a little bit after a certain hour of any Dep- hour of the day. Depending upon what station plays it at what, what time. What station, okay. where you're at. Yeah. You know, yeah. We well, I guess we're not national, but we're in two markets, oh, right? International now. Well, well oh, podcast, podcast, podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Looking at, was looking at the statistics. Yes. Yeah, a couple people from Indonesia. Really? Oh, I didn't hear that. Yeah, I think so. I think it was probably just uh, they're uh, interested uh, in California tax law. I guess it was a little air, maybe a little human air on the reporting. <laughs> it, was, it was Indiana, but they put yeah, down right, Indonesia. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so no podcast. Yeah, we got a lot is, of listeners on the podcast. We do. That's you know, and that's kind of a wave of the future. You yeah, ever listen to a podcast of us. Me, me personally, yeah. of this show, yeah, never, <laughs> never. How do you know if we're any good then? I know for a fact we're not any good, <laughs> but because <laughs> I'm listening to it right now, <laughs> yeah. we hear it live. Why do we have to? Go yes, back and I, I have to experience this for two hours every week. Uh, but for those of you that like the podcast, um, go to iTunes um, and subscribe. I think that's the big thing now. You got yeah, sub- to subscribe, right? Right. Um, so if you could do that, that'd be great. Yeah. Go to uh, iTunes and subscribe to our podcast. Yeah. Or you can also do it. Just get the podcast app. That, that you subscribe that as well. Oh, really? Yeah. You so, don't know about that. Do no, you? I don't. I do not. Um, but um, yeah, I listen to Pandora. Yeah, me too. But no, I'm, I'm, and, and Spotify, are you into that yet? No, no. Nope. My son Ryan got me into that one. Yeah, Spotify, never heard of it. Yeah. What, what's the difference? Uh, Spotify, you can pick the album and pick the songs. And Pandora, you just get a streaming of, of related kind of music. Yeah, I, mean, that's, I think that's better. Well, it depends. I mean, if you want to hear a certain album, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young, you want to hear the first album, can't do it on Pandora. Well, I would never look for that, I suppose. <laughs> I was listening to that this morning while jogging. You were, huh? Yeah. Um, what um, what what are we going to talk about today? Is a lot of really great things. Really? Well, you say that five that... costly investment mistakes that okay. could cost you billions. I got thirty mistakes the rich never make. So if you want to stick around for six hours, we can go through this encyclopedia. <laughs> Wow, I've got five costly investing mistakes, and I've got four new realities of retirement. We've got a lot of lists today. i got the uh, 10 most missed tax deductions. Mm, 10 most? 10 most. Oh, yeah. Let me see if I can get a couple of those. Yeah, right. You know, um, there's something that's called Ad- Advisor Insights. I don't mm-hmm. know if you're familiar with that. Sure, I am. 
And so I got this lengthy email from That's them. That's Bob Vila. What? Bob Vila? Yeah, isn't that his thing? No, Bob Vila's this old house. I thought it was I thought he was in Visor Insights. Bob yeah. Vila, the carpenter? No, 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 no. The guy in El Cajon. What's his name? Bob something. Well, oh, whatever. Veris? Veris. Vila. Bob Veris. Vila is a carpenter. <laughs> okay, that, Bob Veris. That, that would go to like little cottages in Boston. It's not and that look guy. at woodworking with his little friend Norm. It's the- <laughs> Norm was the carpenter. Bob Vila was the personality man. Oh yeah, I remember Bob Vila now. Yes, remember Norm? His little- no, I don't remember Norm. I oh, just remember Bob Norm Vila. was like he's the, the, the secret he's, sauce of he's the, the show. Bomb, huh? He was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. All right. But anyway, I have this email from them, and so they want me to an- answer all these questions. And they're like, hey, Joe, here's a few questions um, that um, is in your area of expertise. Would you like to answer them? Oh, okay. Good. And so I have one, two, three, four, five, six. It was like 10 of them. And I'm like, oh, my God. You see me type, right? Yes. Yeah, I know. That's why we're late today. (laughs) (laughs) I had to write like a half page (laughs) summary and it took me two hours. So now I'm not a fast typer. And so I'm like, well, you know what I'm going to do? One of the segments, I'm just going to read the question and oh, answer it. And tell them to listen. And in. then we'll just send them the podcast right oh. back to the podcast. Oh, well, that's pretty clever. So what do you think? I'll I accept it. That sounds good. Yeah, there's some good ones in here okay. when it comes to like IRAs, 401ks, um, you know, RMDs, required minimum distributions, gold. Yeah, you know, okay. Should you invest your money, asset sure. allocation type stuff? Like so, it. Um, yeah, we'll answer... A bunch of different questions because I would imagine our listeners have those same questions. Sure, you know, but uh, you only retire once. Did you know that, Al? I do know. Well, some people, some, most, most. hopefully, <laughs> uh, and that's why it's so critical that uh, you get it right the first time. Because if you don't, if you make a big financial mistake at this stage in your life, guess what? Uh, you may never recover, and we've seen huge, huge mistakes. And you'll be paying for it, unfortunately, for the rest of your life. I see a lot of clients who made these big financial mistakes, so is Al. And unfortunately, they come to us after the fact. That is true. And there's, there's some, sometimes there's some things that we can do. But in most cases, it is very, very difficult. You know, a couple has retired and for whatever reason, uh, they waited to get some help or confirmed they were on the right track. They lay everything out and then there it is, black and white. It jumps right up off the page. It turns out they've been overpaying their taxes for what? I don't know, 10 years or so? Give or take. One simple strategy could have saved them from needlessly shelling out thousands of dollars to the IRS every year, but now it's too late to do anything about it. The game and the money is gone. On this show, we're going to talk about things you want to do. But today, I'm going to tell you what I don't want you to do. Right, you, We can always learn from other people's mistakes. True. And I think that's just human nature. We'd love to see the car crash. We do. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's like, let's just rubberneck it. Let's just see if some if there's a foot hanging out. Uh, did you see that in San Diego? Someone found like a foot in the, in the ocean. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> you didn't see it when you were jogging? Yeah, I missed <laughs> it this morning. Was it your foot? I was, yeah. and I was oh. running. I was running at the beach, too. Yeah. I missed and, it. Yes, and then you know, big news: the harbor, the little harbor cruise boat hit 
ran right into the dock. Wow, you're really up on this local news. Well, you know, I like car crashes, <laughs> I guess. But, you know, you tell someone not to do things right. I teach retirement planning courses all the time. And it's like, as soon as I tell a story about someone blowing up, everyone's full attention. Sure. You know? But when you give a, like a lecture on how to do something. Yeah, exactly. Here's the procedures on right. yeah. you know, Snorville. No, <laughs> <laughs> well, let me tell you about a story of some lady that lost about a half a million bucks. What? All right. Let okay. Me, okay. Well, here, let me get into this. Let me figure <laughs> out because I don't want to do that. Right. So, you know, Alan and I, we, we, we talked to hundreds of people about planning for retirement, you know, oh, just about every month, maybe even thousands uh, you know, they're people just like you, um, people right here in Southern California. And the same things come up in nearly every conversation. I don't want to lose a dime, right? I don't trust the stock market. I'm afraid of running out of money in retirement. All right, don't go anywhere. When we get back, we're going to talk about some mistakes that a lot of you are making, and let's try to avoid them. Show's called Your Money or Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Klopine. He's a CPA. Thanks for tuning in today. Hey, Al. Um, I got this article, Five Costly Investment Mistakes. Okay, I got it too. And I just figured out it was it was posted by Team Tony. Yeah, Tony Robbins. <laughs> Team Tony. Doesn't when it... are you going to be like Team Big Al? Yeah. <laughs> I already am. You don't know about it. That's my Sunday show. <laughs> I thought that was tax chat. Well, we gave that up because no one listened. (laughs) But Team Big Al, that's that's been pretty popular. (laughs) Oh, Tony Robbins. Oh, I don't know. You love him or you hate him. I'm not. I'm not going to tell you what camp I'm in. Maybe we'll figure it out over time. But I think there's some good things in this article. I I was like, oh, this is interesting. Then I found out it was by Team Tony. (laughs) I was like, wow. Posted by Team Tony, no less. All right. Well, a couple of these things, right? I mean, a, a lot of this stuff with investing, I guess it's simple but not easy to implement. You know, w- I think if, if you if you listen to financial shows, yeah, you've heard this stuff. You've before. heard this stuff before. Yeah, it's right? kind of like, you know, how do you lose weight? You diet and you exercise. Well, I mean, it's a trillion dollar industry. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like what, what's his name? Sean T or is that his name? Who? He, like with the whole P ninety X. Oh, I don't know his name. Beachbody. Yeah. Now, now it's like he's there. It's a dance video. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna get that one. Yeah. You <laughs> get some new moves for Friday I night. I think our all time favorite was the remember the, the uh, salt the salt shaker. You you put the salt shaker on your your cheeseburger and you lose weight. <laughs> yeah, that, that's fraud. Yeah, they got busted. I was like, what? Look at her, super smoking hot, <laughs> eating a Big Mac. All she had to do was put a little salt on it. Yeah, <laughs> and you look just like her. <laughs> All right, okay. all right. Here's some costly investment mistakes. All right, lay them you know that we, we we finished the quarter, yeah, and right we started the year awful. That's yes. all you heard. It's the worst start of the stock market ever. Everyone's kind of freaking out a little bit, but then you look at what a couple months later, most major indices are in um, the green, positive territory, positive for the territory year. for mm-hmm. the year. Um, so uh, first one was wrong asset allocation. Okay. I agree with that. I think sometimes you, and I was listening to, I'm, I'm going on all sorts of tangents today, but what the hell. I was listening to a, a financial show and they, it was someone calls in and says, you know, hey, I'm 58 years old, got a million five, looking at retiring in five years and I'm 
stocks in you know 10% cash. And so the you know the like, all right, well, what do you think? Is that a good asset allocation? You know, and then they so they kind of ask a couple questions, such as, hey, well, what did you do in 2008? Right? Did you stay invested? Did you get out of the market? Did you you know? And he's like, well, no, uh, I actually bought in. I bought in in 2008 because I had a bunch of cash on hand. Okay. Like, okay, well, where did you get the cash? <laughs> right? So, all right, you must have sold, you know, I'm a long-term so, investor. I, you know, I don't, I don't worry about the markets. I'm like, okay, 2008, you bought in. Yeah. Everyone says this. Hindsight's always 2020. You know what I mean? When everyone's freaking out, uh, the, of course you went to cash. He's like, well, no, I, I bought it. Well, then they were like, well, where did you get the cash? Mm, well, uh, no, I had some cash accumulated up. And I sold some stuff, and you know. And so then he's scrambling, right? And I knew the guys were thinking, "Yeah, whatever." All okay, right. so they're just kind of appeasing him. Sure. But here's what I would ask: if someone calls in this show and says, "Joe, you know what? I'm 57 years old. I want to work until 62. I have 1.5 million dollars. I'm in 90% stocks, 10% cash. What do you think? Is that a decent allocation? What would your questions be, Al? If I called into the radio show, what what would you ask me to learn to see if that was the right allocation or not? All right. Well, first of all, I guess I would start, I'd get, go to the basics and I would say, let's take a look at your spending. How much do you want to spend and how does that relate to retirement? You want the same lifestyle? So then let's, let's figure out what you're spending right now. Right. I okay? mean, that's a comic. I was like, yeah, the, yeah. why aren't they asking that? Yeah. And then you, then you go, all right. So, all right, you want to spend a hundred thousand? Great. So how much do you get in social security or do you have pensions? So you kind of figure that out, right? 50 grand of pension, Social Security. You want to spend 100, so you're short 50 grand. Okay, so now you gotta, you got to produce $50,000 from your million and a half. That's kind of your starting point, right, in terms of... Because we call this goal-based investing. It's not like fill out a little questionnaire and bing, here's your answer. It's, right. it's, it's what, what goals do you have? And plus, then you, it's like in retirement. Is every penny for you? Is this for you? Or do you want to have the kids inherit a bunch of stuff? Because it's going to be different allocations based upon that. And, of course, you would get into a little bit about how is your in- investor behavior and, and, you know, 2008. But that's that's secondary, really. Yeah, I think so, too, because it's looking at, all right, well, here, you need to pull $50,000 from the portfolio. So that means, A, you need about $1.2, $1.3 million of liquid assets to provide that fifty grand. Well, you got $1.5, you're 57, you're not retiring till 62, so you have years to still continue to accumulate wealth to save money. So is 90% equities appropriate? Well, wait a minute. Now, in three, four, five short years here, you're going to have to start pulling 50 grand from the portfolio plus, you know, a cost of living adjustment plus taxes, depending on how that's allocated from a tax perspective, right? So I think that's how you formulate a portfolio. Not necessarily, all right, well, when the market drops 30%, do you get in or do you get out? Sure. Because you have to first get the right portfolio because, of course, people are emotional. And the reason why I think they're so emotional is that they don't have that well-thought-out financial plan or financial strategy. Just as simple as those questions being answered, I think, is a financial plan. And then you know, all right, well, here, I need to pull X amount from the portfolio, so I need the appropriate asset allocation given my goals. Not necessarily, hey, I mean, Alan and I could show you how to make a high-octane portfolio. Right, let's turn this thing up and go merging markets, all small cap value. Boom. Yeah, you're right? good. You want to see a high return? Give me a, a 20 years and I'll show you a high return. <laughs> but I mean, what, what, what's well, the- that's right, Joe. And and so in this in that example, so she wants to retire in four years, and it's like you're almost all in the stock market. What happens if we're going through another great recession at that point? You can't retire. 
you're still working until it turns around. It's like you actually can change your investment portfolio because once you know how much you need from your portfolio, I would say that why don't you have the, the, the most conservative portfolio possible to be able to earn that rate of return? Because that's going to give you the most likely chance of success by the time that you get there. Now, if you're 90, 100% stocks, in four years you want to retire, you're taking a big gamble. I mean, it might work out, or, but it might not. But how about if I said this, Al? All right, well, here, I got 100% in stocks in the, in the overall market, right? And I want to retire in five years. But then you ask me those same questions. All right, well, how much money do you want to spend? I want to spend 100000 bucks. All right, well, what's, uh, what's your fixed income? What's your pension? Well, my pension's you know, 80000 My Social Security's thirty. Yeah, so I've got plenty of fixed I got plenty income. Of, I got plenty of cash flow. This is for the grandkids. Yeah, so you ask questions like, well, well then that's probably appropriate. That's right, that's right. And, so, and, and then you go down the path, well, would you like to spend more than what you're currently spending? Yes, no, well, not really. I, I really want this money to go for the kids, grandkids, and their college. Okay, so that's uh, how old are your grandkids? Well, they're one years old. Right. Okay, so they're not going to go to college for 17, 18 years. So you've got a long time horizon, so you actually want to be more aggressive. Same person, same age, completely different allocation based upon the goals. I mean, the biggest investment, folks, is an investment that you can make for yourself. All right, we got to take another break. Back in just a second. Show's called Your Money or Well. Now back to your money, your wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Hey, welcome back to the show. The show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joe Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner with Big Al Clopine. He's a CPA. Talking about investing in some mistakes that you make. And uh, when you take a look at it, um, the right asset allocation is key. Because that determines the overall performance, in most cases, of the portfolio. Right? Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Joe. It's, it's less about what stocks you pick. And it's more about the asset allocation. And uh, Dimensional Fund Advisors has done studies on that, and they've determined that 95 to 96% of your rate of return is specifically uh, related to your asset classes, not the stocks you pick. It's the variance of returns, mm -hmm. right? So it's not the actual attributed return, but it's the variance of your overall return in the overall portfolio. It's a B. Bauer study, actually. Ah, okay. So. They've just quoted it. Just, just, just in case. Just a, For those who are keeping score out there. Um, but asset classes and asset allocation, what the heck does that mean? I mean, you, you, stocks, bonds, cash, right? That, then yeah. you can bring it down further from bonds to corporate bonds to high-yield bonds to treasury bonds to government bonds, right? And then on the um, stock side, you can go large companies, right? Smaller companies, um, value companies, small, mid, and then... Um, they go international and then emerging markets. So there's a broad um, spectrum here of your investment categories that you can choose from. And then making sure that you have the right percentage in each of those things is really the, the science behind your overall portfolio. I think it, it, instead of saying here, I really like Google, so I'm going to load up on Google. Correct. Yeah. And I, I would say this happens. We see a lot of you that come into the office with highly concentrated stock positions um, because you work for a company that you like the company. You got a lot of stock options. You never sold the stock. And you come in with several million dollars in one particular stock. And then you don't want to sell it, right, because you don't want to pay the tax on it. But then you, I ask you this question. All right, let's say you inherit another $5 bucks tomorrow. Would you buy that same stock? What do you think they say, Al? Uh, I would say some would say yes, and some would say no. I would say most say no. They'd be like, no, I'm pretty good on that. Yeah, they probably diversify out. The ones that were uh, Johnson Johnson, they would say yes. <laughs> yeah, right, because that's a that's a mutual fund. Yes, <laughs> in and of itself. <laughs> yes, diversified company. Yeah. 
so the right asset allocation. Some of you might have a portfolio that's suited for a 40-year-old when you are in your 60s, and others of you might be uh, taking on not enough risk. You know, you're heading towards retirement, and I think a lot of times people think of retirement as the finish line. But that's the starting point, I think. You have to look at that the whole paradigm of retirement has changed. So instead of looking at, hey, once I retired at whatever age that is, 62, 66, 70, or whatever, that's not the finish line. That's the starting point of you know the second phase of your life that a lot of you are going to live 20, 30 years in retirement, maybe longer than your working years. So you're going to still need a little bit of risk in the portfolio. So that's why I think the asset allocation is so key. And I think that's where people just kind of trip up. They, they they really don't know how to maybe potentially put in the right allocation. Well, they've heard they're supposed to have be a lot more conservative in retirement. And there's some truth to that. But now the stats that they tell us, a, a 65-year-old male will live on average close to 20 years to 85, a 65-year-old female will live 89-plus, almost 90 years of age. and uh, But that's a- average. So that means half the people are more than that, half less. So if you look at men again, it's they have a 25% chance of living to age 92. So what it does tell you is that you do need to make sure you've got the right plan for 20, 30 years or more. And you're right, Joe. That's You can't go all conservative for 20 years. You're, you're, there's no way you're going to keep up with inflation. Right. I mean, Al and I have clients that retired 20 years ago with a nice pension um, in Social Security of you know, 50, 60,000 bucks. But you know, now today... That pension didn't grow. There was no cost of living adjustment on it, and their medicine is costing them, you know, twenty five hundred bucks a month. Yeah. Right? So um, you have to be careful. Inflation is a real thing, so you want to make sure that you hedge. Uh, here's number two, um, according to Team Tony. Okay. Is that uh, using a broker instead of a fiduciary? Yeah, that's, that's a big mistake, I guess. Well, according to them, it is a big mistake. I mean, uh, a fiduciary is somebody that has to give you the advice that's in your best interest. And we kind of have this sense that isn't that true of all financial planners? I would say for the most part, yes. I think so. I think there's some bad eggs out there, of course. That's with everything. I mean, do you agree? Yeah, I do. But here's the thing, though, and this is what he's referring to, is brokers, that they get compensated in a different way than fiduciaries. Brokers get a commission. Okay, and I would totally agree with you. I think there's a lot of really good uh, ethical, highly ethical brokers out there that are doing the right thing for their clients. But you never know if you've got that right one or not. Sure. Right. right. Yeah. That, yeah. I guess that's a good point. But I, I you know, I, I, I don't. I think the, the industry gets bashed enough. And then when you take a look and dive into individuals' lives that you know they haven't saved enough money, and they're not saving any money because they're afraid that either go to a broker. I mean, save money, right? That's I think that's the first issue. Yeah, that here. is the first step. A lot of people are not nearly prepared for retirement. They don't know how to handle their investments. A lot of individuals. I think a lot of people that listen to our show probably have a good handle on it because they otherwise probably wouldn't be listening to a financial planning show. Right. But because you look at the Dalbar studies, right? You look at the overall you know rate of return of the S and P five hundred over the last what 10, 20 years. It's it's what nine percent in the average investor gets two or three that's the big problem right yeah. it's the behavior behind it right. so it doesn't matter if you're in a mutual fund that's filled with fees versus an annuity versus a very slim um cheap portfolio people are still going to react 
to the markets, and they're going to blow themselves up by 70% less return anyway just because of the behavior, I think. You're absolutely right about that. And so, I mean, if you've got the right behavior, if you're in low-cost funds and working with a fiduciary, you probably have the best chance of success, right? right? I, I think, yeah. Th I mean, th that's the name of the game. You want to mm -hmm. have the highest probability of success for your goals. Right. And then working with all that together. Investing without taxes in mind, Al. You've been waiting for that one. Yeah, that's number three. And boy, is that true, Joe. I mean, it's. Uh, I would say the majority of people that we talk to don't really consider much about taxes until they come into our office and we show them what the difference could be. So when you think about taxes, if you think about where your retirement assets are located, probably most of them are in IRAs, 401ks, 403bs. And guess what? When you take the money out of those plans, then you have to pay income taxes on it. Some people don't even realize that. that that's You got a tax deduction when you put the money in. All of that money, when you take it out, is taxable as ordinary, ordinary income rates. Exactly. That's, that's the highest of rates, right? And then you hopefully you got some assets outside of retirement. Those can be subject to capital gain rates, which is a lot lower rate. 15% for most people, 20% for others. Uh, the, the highest ordinary income tax rates, almost 40%. So it, you can cut your half tax rate in half by understanding capital gain rules. And then it's like, well, if I'm on, in, in a low enough tax bracket, capital gains are taxed at zero. Or if I've done tax loss harvesting, if you're listening to this show earlier in the year when the market went down about 10%, if you sold out of positions and bought other similar positions, so you're still in the market, but you created a tax loss that you can net against other gains dollar for dollar. As you create a retirement income stream, that makes all the difference if you can have tax-free income. Huge. I mean, if you take a look at just a few things that you can control, right? You can control the risk. So we talked about asset allocation, how much money you have in stocks versus bonds, depending on what your goals are, right? How much money do you need to derive from the overall portfolio? And then it's looking at, all right, well, what are the costs and fees of things? So if you're working with a higher cost paid broker versus maybe a, a lower cost paid fiduciary, all right, well, yeah, that's more money in your pocket. Then you look at taxes. I mean, I think that's the key component here is that if you have a good tax strategy, if you're smart with your money from a tax perspective, because that's what you can absolutely control is how much money that you pay the IRS if you're doing things appropriately. But what's the, I think the tax code is 4 million words. <laughs> right? Do you have time to read all that? No, that's what Big Al does on the weekends. <laughs> that's, that's, I'm really fun to hang out with. So <laughs> I just asked my family. <laughs> anyway, Joe, it's so true. I mean... People don't realize they have control over their taxes, but they do. Uh, it's, it's simply true that you do have control over your taxes by making a few correct steps. We'll be back in just a second. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. This is Your Money, Your Wealth on Talk Radio 760 KFMB. Welcome back to the program. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. My name's Joseph Anderson. I'm a certified financial planner. I'm with Alan Corfine. He's a CPA. Uh, thanks for tuning in. Um, go to our website at purefinancial.com. A couple of uh, things I've noticed there is that we're doing a, uh, what, last-minute tax tip? Yeah, tax webinar. Yeah, learn last-minute tax techniques. And Tuesday. And we're doing that on Tuesday. Tuesday. Yes, I think it's, what, it's either 10 or 11 in the morning. I can't remember. So you can sign up on our website at purefinancial.com if you want to be a part of that web uh, webcast webinar. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, purefinancial.com. Big Al and Brett Grenning. Yes. A couple CPAs talking about taxes. Yeah. Can you imagine? It's just the, the thrill. Riveting. <laughs> and um, and then we, 
another thing too, um, you can check the archives. We did a, a webinar last month on um, what Social Security. Yes, the changes that are coming down the pike with Social Security: so, uh, file and suspend, restricted application. Uh, so if you want more information, go to purefinancial.com. A couple of uh, decent webinars there. Coming up on the pike, we got an identity theft coming next month. We got an expert here in San Diego. We're actually going to put him on the radio. Um, talk about identity theft. That's a pretty serious thing when it comes to tax returns, too. It's crazy. It is crazy. People are, are getting their refunds taken from unsuspecting people. Right. Someone's filing your tax return. You didn't even know it. Uh, so we'll talk about some ways to protect your identity. Um, so if you want to get on our list here for all sorts of different educational events where you don't have to go anywhere, you can watch everything from the comfort of your own home, uh, go to purefinancial.com, sign up for our newsletter, or um, or just check us out and sign up for something. I don't know. Well, we got, what, 200 videos on that website? 200. Including our TV show. I think it's more than that now. Yeah, probably. 300. Is it? Probably. Yeah. And we're, we're going to start new video series here, too. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, yeah. Yeah. New questions of the week? No, we're, we're going to um, switch from okay. the question of the week okay. to like a little fireside chat with <laughs> Big Al. Fireside chat. Okay. Well, that sounds <laughs> exciting. Big Al's going to wear a robe <laughs> and a pipe. And I'm going to just ask him tax questions. Yeah, we need, you need to bring in a lamp and a carpet and a fireplace. For, oh. Perfect. Speaking of taxes, Al, I got 30 tax mistakes the rich never make. Really? Wow. Yeah. How much time do we have? I'll just I'll just give you a couple. Okay. I'll just give you a couple. Uh, number one, they don't look for the cheapest tax preparer. Oh, well, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, in, in uh, many things, you kind of get what you pay for. And that's that's not always true of everything, but it, it is certainly true to an extent. I, I mean, think with advice that, it is. Yes, uh, and particularly when it's tax advice, right? right. Because the, the tax code is very, very complicated. And I can tell you this from experience. I go to seminars every year for tax update seminars, and I look around the room, and I am just flabbergasted at some of the people in those how they even got to the tax seminar, let alone prepare tax returns. Well, what our firm does when it comes to tax planning for people's overall individual situation is fairly complex. And half the time, our certified financial planners have to educate the CPA community. No offense to any CPAs out there. I know you're really busy right now. But when it comes to Roth IRA conversions, recharacterizations, looking at contribution limitations when you do a conversion, um, I mean, so there's some things that... Um, and we look at the returns. We see a lot of mistakes that um, some individuals are making. So if you're pay paying a couple hundred bucks and you have <laughs> some complex issues, maybe you might look... Well, the other sorry. thing to realize is there's a pretty big difference in the, in the certifications. Like a CPA has to have a certain amount of education and pass a very difficult test, work two years with a CPA firm. And then enrolled agent, very difficult test, a tax preparer. If they're not an enrolled agent or CPA, that's someone that takes a class. They can take the H&R Block class for a week and then get their license to prepare returns. And I can tell you from 30 years' experience, it takes more than a week to learn this stuff. Uh, number two here, they don't wait until the last minute to talk about taxes. That's a good idea. Yeah, because I mean, we preach that every day here. I mean, every week. You have to look forward-looking here. So it's not like, okay, well, here it's April. Let's just kind of gather our documents and figure out what we need to do. No, you have to take a look at, yeah, mitigate taxes this year. But you also have to look at next year, five years out, 10 years out, 20 years out, and figure out, all right, well, where are we going to be here? Where are your assets? How much income are you going to have? You're retired now. You think you're going to be in a lower tax bracket. Guess what? You're not. Yeah, and the other thing, Joe, is when you're thinking about taxes for the current year, 
You need to be thinking about that right now, not next year when you're filing your return. And that's what a lot of people do. They think about their 2015 taxes when they're preparing them. And there's not much you can do after the fact. If you think about taxes and tax planning during the year, and now we're in 2016, you can actually make a pretty big difference in your tax liability. They don't understate their income is another thing that the rich do, they said. Interesting. Yeah, although wealthy taxpayers pay a higher income tax, up to 39.6, they don't forget to include certain income on their return to lower their tax bill or get a bigger refund. Instead, they focus on submitting a correct tax return to prevent um, any accuracy penalties, inaccuracy penalties for being assessed and to avoid audits, they say. Yeah, the other thing, Joe, is is when you have income that you don't report, that's a criminal activity. How about if it's like $35? Yeah, that. No one's probably going to care about that. Last I heard, and this was probably 10 years ago, uh, an IRS agent told me that if they find more than $10,000 of unreported income, they report it to the criminal division. And a certain amount of those taxpayers actually get tried and convicted and go to jail. Wesley Snipes. He's one of them. Uh, They don't miss opportunities to legally shelter income. Yes. Well, that's why we talk about taxes so much, because... There are a lot of strategies from tax-exempt trust, other charitable strategies. If you're a business owner, there's all kinds of deductions. The Section 179 deduction is much greater. Pension plans, there's all kinds of things you can do. If you're an individual and you're not taking full advantage of your 401k, uh, or maybe one of the spouses works and you can set up your own private pension plan, uh, has their own business, I should say. There's all kinds of stuff you can do if you just kind of know what it is. Uh, they don't overlook the benefits of home ownership. They don't claim the standard deduction. Uh, they don't miss tax breaks for charitable contributions. They don't overlook a deduction for state and local income taxes. Let's see, what else don't they do? They don't miss the sales tax deduction. They don't overlook medical expenses. Uh, they don't hang on to losing stocks. Uh, and they avoid capital gains. Um so there's just a, a, a handful of things, and the list oh, there's 30 of them here. Um, they don't forget to include reinvested dividends in their basis. Oh, that's oh, often forgot. That's common. Although now it's not so bad because the brokerage houses are keeping track of it for you. They don't overlook. Uh, let's see the write-offs for self-employment taxes. The self-employed um, don't miss the home office deduction. Mm-hmm. Uh, the self-employed don't. Miss insurance write-offs in the self-employed rich don't forget to claim travel expenses. So, I mean, there's a lot of things here that um, people might not know, might forget, or don't necessarily think of, or maybe it's too late. So you absolutely want to make sure that you get a plan because when you invest your money, it creates taxes, right? And then sometimes people think that we are a CPA firm. Yeah, Big Al is the best CPA in the room. (laughs) And, <laughs> and it's, a, it's a room of two people with and one I'm not, CPA. And I'm not it. a CPA. And, but we're a financial planning firm that really focuses on all areas of financial planning. But taxes is such a big deal because we manage a lot of money. We manage $1.3 billion of our clients' assets. And we want to make sure that we give them the highest after-tax return possible. So having a forward-looking tax strategy and then also looking at your investments is key because you can you can get a couple of deductions, but if your investments are causing all sorts of crazy tax, you're still not going to save any money. Yeah, it's all about what you keep. And, and Joe, taxes don't really stop when your paycheck does. And a lot of people don't really realize that. They start pulling money out of their retirement accounts and it causes ordinary income taxes, the same that they were paying with their salaries. Uh, But there are all kinds of new opportunities, um, but 
there's things that you can get trapped on um, in terms of uh, pulling out from savings, income, paying taxes at regular rates, unless you're tapping from a Roth IRA. So I guess I'd say this, as you near retirement, tax planning becomes more important than ever, but you must use a forward-thinking tax strategy. I don't know any other way to do this. All right, we got to take a break. Show's called Your Money, Your Wealth. 